Let's Talk Books. I'm Robin Van Auken, a writer and a teacher. My guest and I want to help you write your own book. We're sharing ideas about inspiration, book publication, and promotion. You can find the episode show notes, a free novel, guides, and tutorials at robinvanauken.com. Enjoy the show. It's episode 18, and my guest is Kathy Kolb, publisher of NorthCentralPA.com, a news outlet that's been online since 2009, and she's been steadily growing since then by personally connecting with her readers. I know, this sounds impossible. How do you connect with thousands of people? She's accomplished this by building an amazingly loyal Facebook following. It tops out at over 31,000 people. Kathy is a unique person because she's been chronically ill for 30 years. This illness prevents her from having an active life physically, but she's more than made up for it with her online presence. Before she started her new site, she operated Kolb Networks, a web design and development company, and she was helpful in creating most of the early websites of local companies, nonprofits, and even government entities but she's always had a vision of what local news should look like online. And when this wasn't accomplished by other local news organizations, Kathy decided to make this vision a reality. She imagined a community of citizen journalists, people who would take ownership of the news and events that affect them. And that's exactly what she's created. I'm a huge fan of Kathy Kolb. She's a technophile like me, We enjoy learning new things and sharing what works. She's a kindred spirit who has helped enlarge my world, and I'm grateful to her. You can learn more about Kathy Kolb and her online news site in the show notes at robinvanauken.com. Let's get started. Hi, it's Robin Van Auken, the wholehearted author, and I am here today with my dear friend, Kathy Kolb, who is the publisher of North Central PA, an online newspaper. But in addition to that, Kathy has a storied history in website design locally. She is a fan of all things technological, and I too have that same common interest. So we're going to be talking about a variety of topics today, including books that she really enjoys reading what inspires her, how she's built her amazing Facebook following, and how she's doing with North Central PA. Welcome, Kathy. Well, good morning, Robin. It's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, Today's episode is actually being recorded in my home office. We're sitting down here, hanging out on my window seat, looking out the window. We're going to be having interruptions with the cat and dog, so I just want to apologize up front for any ambient noise that might distract you. So, Kathy... Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in in communications as well as your um, education and your work? You used to own a company called Kolb Networks. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about you. Yeah. I have always been fascinated with communications, electronic communications. I remember as a kid, uh, somebody brought walkie-talkies to our house, and they took the back off of the walkie-talkie to put the battery in, the 9-volt battery in. And when I saw all of that stuff, that little circuit board, and I was like eight years old, that was it. I mean, I just knew I had to know what this stuff was. And then when they uh, turned the 
radio on and heard the static from it and then heard a, a person's voice on I was hooked. That was it. So um, I, I came through the uh, scanner phase and the Citizens Band radio phase, and I got my ham radio license at uh, 16 years old. And this was all quite unusual because I'm a female, but uh, to me it wasn't unusual. It was just the calling within me to find, um, to learn more. And um, <clears throat> the whole technology, uh, resistors, transistors, capacitors, the whole thing just w- it just made sense to me. And uh, I loved all of it. And I uh, went to college at uh, what was then the uh, Waynesport Area Community College. It was the only female in the class. And um, so we uh, uh, learned all sorts of wonderful things there. And then I went to work at GTE uh, here in Williamsport for five years. And then I got ill. But when the Internet came, I'm chronically ill. But then when the Internet came, I built a website for the local community club, computer club. And I thought, I can do this. This is something I can do. So um, I uh, built some more websites, and then I started a company called Networks. And we built many of this area's first websites for companies and uh, nonprofits and um, government uh, groups. I do remember that about 20 years ago, at least. 20 years ago. It was 96. Yes. 96 is actually when I moved here. And Mm -hmm. 97 is when I learned how to create my own websites. I started creating a website. Honestly, it was the very first website for the Williamsport Sun Gazette. Um, I had a fascination with computers because I had worked at a science museum. And one of the things that we did at the science museum was take in collections. And I remember the first time I had to call in a computer repair person. <laughs> a computer, we had two different laboratories with Apple computers. Apple II in one lab, Apple IIe, yeah. the sophisticated computers, <laughs> in another lab. And one of them broke. And I had to call in a computer repair person, and we didn't have a lot of money. It ended up costing us, I think, like $70. Anywhere between 60 Amazing. and $75. Yes, yes. Get, this computer repair. To get a man. To get a man. To, to come, come in. Because exactly. only men could understand computers. That's right. That's what they said. Well, that's what they said. But, you know, what happened was as I watched him do it and I went, I can do I that. <laughs> I can do that because I happen to know that upstairs in this come up, you know, science museum, I have a closet just crammed, packed full of broken With old. those little boards. <laughs> yes. Broken old computers and parts. And. It created this interest to me, just like you. It was some one of those passions that you do, whether you're being paid to do it or not. Oh, yes. And so I remember when I moved here in 96, circling back to original, um, I started making web designs also for local organizations, charities, people that I was friends with. And you had created a, a server area with the local library where oh, yes. you hosted nonprofits. Yes. That was my first introduction to you. It was this huge, generous effort on your <laughs> part to let local nonprofits be able to create websites and put them on that server. In a safe place. In a safe place. With a little bit of uh, commenting and education and, and uh, yeah. advice. Yeah. I really, I, I really felt strongly that I didn't want my legacy to be that I did all this business stuff that when you picture the the landscape, the digital landscape of our county, I didn't want to be known as just the person that built the commercial high-rise buildings. 
I wanted the, our nonprofits to be adequately represented in that digital landscape. Yes, yes. And they were. I know because I actually helped a lot of them. <laughs> that was one of the, my first forays was being a very generous you know, a friend to local nonprofits, yep. especially those that were related to the arts and entertainment, because at the time I was working as the entertainment editor for the Williamsport Sun Gazette, and that was my connection. I remember my kids were always saying, Mom, are you ever going to get paid for this? And I said, look, I did get paid, because one one time I did a job for the Fall <laughs> Eagle Art League, and all these artists pitched in, and they all gave me, oh. like, you know, different kinds of art. So cool. uh, I said, look, and they go, mm-hmm, yeah. What are you going to do with that? I said, well, I have wonderful Christmas presents right right here. (laughs) You're getting away to friends and family. (laughs) But when I started working with you, um, this happened around 2008, 2009. I remember I contacted you and I said, you know, I'm I'm freelance and I can do some web design work. And um, you needed a hand. You had um, actually had a great person working for you, our our mutual friend, Jake Davis, who was one of my college students. Mm-hmm. I remember um, for his final project, he had created this beautiful website. And I said, you know, I know where you need to be, boy. You do this so well. I said, you know, go talk to Kathy Cole. And then he graduated, fell off my plane of view and didn't know what was happening. But in 2008, when you and I connected, you know, for real, Jake was there in the background. You worked with Jake for a long time. I was blessed with a lot of good, very good talent and good people. Uh, Good, decent people uh, have come through the doors. That's one of the things I'm happiest about is that I was able to to help people in their careers as far as not just work, but people. You know, Um, life is more important than work is. And I was very fortunate to have very good people come through the doors and when it was time for them to go, I was happy for them that they were stepping stepping up uh, well, to a better yeah. position, a better paying position, uh, whatever. And, you know, one of the reasons they were stepping up was because they had my company on, on their resume. Exactly. Your mentorship. And I was delighted to see them all um, uh, grow up and fly away when it, when it was time to. And then it was fortunate enough that another uh, young more inner, inexperienced person would come through the door. So I think that's, uh, I think that is so much more important than profit. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you also allowed Jake, our mutual friend to work remotely. I remember this was mm-hmm. one of my first introductions to the concept of remote work, being a digital nomad. And I remember he was able to take advantage of that and do some traveling and yeah. go to California for mm-hmm. a while. Now, Jake is back and um, he's still working with the company, but you're not. So tell us a little bit about this transition. Um, it, you and I launched North Central PA in 09 um, together. And um, the more I worked on it, the more I just, I just loved it. Uh, and I loved reporting on the community and again, helping the nonprofits be represented in, in the amount of information flow that went out to the public. And, um, I, I'm chronically ill. And so I have a couple of hours a day of functional intelligence and, and, um, um, performance, um, and so uh, doing North Central PA and Kolb Networks um, was a bit much. I, I always, with Kolb Networks, I was very worried about uh, what happened if I would die. 
um, while I had called networks, I had these hundred hosting clients and, um, th- th- you know, I'm paying their hosting bills every month. And what happens if I just die of a heart attack, which, you know, I mean, it happens. And, uh, it was a lot of responsibility that I really wanted to hand off, um, to a younger person with more energy, um, that could take it further, uh, that could profit from it. And, um, you know, wasn't likely to just fall dead of a heart attack. And so, um, I was, I was glad to find a buyer who had, in my consideration, one of the best local web development companies. And, uh, he was able to take my clients and my client list and be local and wonderful to all of them. And, um, you know, I communicated to him that I loved all of my clients and I wanted to put them with a person that would love all of the clients, you know, going forward. And I'm delighted that that was able to happen. That's excellent. Yeah. So let's talk about North Central PA. I remember when this idea first came to you and you were talking to me about it. What prompted you to consider, besides the fact that you wanted to serve the local community, what was your interest in newspapers? I love newspapers. I have from a kid. Uh, we would get various newspapers. And, uh, for, my dad would, and we'd read them. And uh, So I love newspapers. Um, I was involved with my high school paper. And, um, and I told myself for probably a decade that I would not do this. I would not do a newspaper. Um, our local newspaper was late to the scene. As you said, you, you were the one that ended up putting them online. They were late to the scene, and I, I thought, oh, okay, they're they're late. They should be on, but they're not. Uh, but when they come online, they're going to do it right, and they're going to ha- have their website on every on on every printed page, and they're going to do it great because they're a big company, and they you know they they'll probably hire a corporate guy you know to help all of their, um, um, you know sites individual sites, and so <clears throat> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I watched other people try to do it. And I, you know, some, some good, some bad. And I would, you know, analyze what was going on there all the time. And, and I'm not going to do it. I am not, I am not going to do it. I, this is not, let someone else do it. And, um, but in 2008 or nine or whatever, I got, I got, um, I got the domain name northcentralpa.com. I thought, yeah, this is a pretty good website. This is a pretty good domain name. So I got, and I would do that with a number of domain names. I would park them, uh, just I so do that, that too, so that <laughs> someone else would not abuse a beautiful domain name, um, relating to our area. Um, but in in two thousand eight or nine, I thought, okay, the local paper is online, and they're not doing it right. You know, just to my opinion, which is nothing. There was a paywall. Um, it, was, it was actually before the paywall, but um, uh, they weren't on social media and just a number of things that troubled me, troubled me greatly. And then one day, and you may have sent me the link, I read about an, a town that lost their newspaper. The newspaper went bankrupt. Um, and... The, um, the the article was about what the town lost when their paper of record died. Uh, and they lost all of those easily searchable 
um, information like births and deaths and announcements and history. And it was a big loss to the community. Um, and newspapers have been declining in subscription, in income, in ad income. Uh, Craigslist has decimated the classified ads uh, section because here they are free local ads. And so why would you post on, you know, for pay ads? Um, the younger generations are not reading print newspapers. And yet all of these nonprofits have all of this information, whether it's the bridge club or the church group or the scouts about their activities and sponsorship uh, opportunities or, you know, fundraising opportunities that somehow they have to get the word out to the community. Um, and boy, I'd hate to lose that, you know, uh, this is what something makes a community. The internet, both good and bad on the internet. And one of the bad things is people can live right next door to each other. And one person's on the Disney website and another person's on the ESPN website and they don't know each other as neighbors. Um, so they're both on the internet. Yay. But they're not connecting as people and as neighbors and as residents of a community. And so that's part of what a local newspaper can do is bring people together so that they have a common knowledge base, right? So that uh, X amount of people read the article about this terrible crime that happened, see? Then they have a shared experience. Or, uh, and then we can present them with, oh, and the Boy Scouts are having a fundraiser at the Loyal Plaza, and the Girl Scouts are selling cookies over there. And so we deliver the news, which is high-quality content, high-quality local content. Um, and then we slip in the nonprofit stuff, you know. And that's what I think creates a community um, through a newspaper. Now, it... it my newspaper does not generate tremendous profits, but I'm very pleased with it. And I think that it is a benefit to the community. Most definitely. I do remember in 2009 when you were starting this, we, we chatted about it and um, you wanted to know if I knew anybody that could contribute. And I did. <laughs> I did know a lot of different writers because it's it's my industry here in the local community. And we rounded up quite a few people. People were just so eager, even though we were not able to pay them a penny, um, they were so eager to contribute. To have a platform. And build. Where their voice platform. was welcome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was it was invigorating. It was exciting to actually start this newspaper. It went through a few different um, web, phases website, and, and you know, platform like, changes. Sure. Platform changes. Yeah. So what we're looking at today with North Central PA, tell me a little bit about this latest iteration and your editor. Tell me a little bit about your editor. Uh, the platform that we're on is uh, by Town News, and it, it it is especially tailored for newspapers. And so uh, it is a content management system, uh, absolutely custom for newspapers. So I, I, it's not WordPress. It might have a Drupal core to it somewhere, but it is all um, transparent as, as far, or, or I should say the opposite of transparent. It is all behind the curtains. And so it's a very nice, clean web interface 
Uh, and it, of course, database driven and it's all assets. A story is an asset. An image is an asset. A link to a video is an asset. Uh, and different departments for banner ads and stuff like that. So you're working with Melissa. Tell me a little bit about Melissa. Melissa is a great talent. Um, almost all of our writers have worked for the newspaper. At some point. Yes. We have a new writer uh, coming on, a new reporter coming on that um, has a bachelor's or master's in English and nowhere to use his talents. He's working for a local store. Um, and so that's that's one of the exceptions. But most of our writers, and uh, especially Melissa, uh, has, has had newspaper experience. And um, all of this stuff, when I say, you know, can you go to the magistrate's office and get the yeah 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 I know what I know what to do so um, well this is great this is a repository for talents that have no outlet it anymore. is yeah and they each of them have said in different ways I have this creative you know writing side to me that is not I'm not able to express it and um, to to walk them through the first time and say okay here's you know how you bring up the editor and. And, you know, compose your story and stuff and declare the section and, and, um, things like that. And then to say, post it, you know, okay, publish it. Um, and then I take them over on Facebook and I show them where it's been published on Facebook. So it's an automatic. So when they yeah, publish we ha- your yeah. articles, mm-hmm. they publish right onto your social and, media. And then I, I show them where it's been posted on Twitter. And then I take them to the Google Analytics oh. page um, where they can see that there's a hundred people reading their story from Facebook. And and it's almost like hitting a wall. It's absolutely real. At that moment, it becomes absolutely real that they are a writer with an audience. Um, and it is a delight to see to see it happen. That's amazing. Let's talk a little bit more about Facebook and what mm-hmm. has happened with you and Facebook. Now, when you first started North Central PA, I remember we set up a lot of different uh, Facebook pages or groups for different communities because we thought that would be the way to go. But the truth is, your Facebook page, North Central PA, is has just blossomed, especially over the last few years. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. We started uh, when you know when Facebook came out. You, you know, everybody had personal accounts, and you're unsure how to how to take that to a business level. Um, but we started just posting, you know, headlines. You know, uh, this is this is going on or whatever. And okay, blah de blah. You know, not that's not really interesting. I mean, it, it, it's it's no more interesting than anything else. Um, and then there was a, um, a a search operation. There were a couple of robbers or alleged burglars uh, up in the uh, up up in the mountains uh, up north of us, where the population density is incredibly small. <laughs> you know, some summer cabins, but and hunting cabins, but the, there's not many people up there. Well, uh, the sheriffs and stuff were getting together every night and going up and trying to hunt these guys that were getting into the hunting cabins and, and stealing stuff. So I started blogging on Facebook that this was happening because it was they were calling search teams from all all throughout our area. It was a big deal, you know. How did you know that they were doing this though? Uh, I listened to the scanner. 
Okay. Uh, I've been a long-time scanner listener, and so um, we just have it on there at the house. And so we would hear, you know, the, you know, 30 guys getting together from the, from the fire department to head out to search for, you know, these dry creek beds and stuff for, you know, culverts and stuff. And uh, so we started posting that, and that got a lot of response. And then uh, one night, so we started posting a few things from there, you know, happening, this is happening now, or maybe that road is closed, or just a few things. And then one night, there was a fatal traffic incident just a couple blocks from my house. Um, it was a tragedy. Uh, during a, a uh, uh, one policeman, one city policeman was hurrying to another policeman who had a man at gunpoint. And there was a vehicle accident on the way, just a couple blocks from my house. And so we were, I was blogging this incident. Um, and I forget what the guy was uh, at gunpoint for. Was it a burglary or, or what was it? But um, all of a sudden, our lights went out. I think it was a high-speed chase. And so we were, oh, he's on this street. Oh, update, he's on that street. Oh, update, he's over there now. And uh, Okay, one at gunpoint. And at that point, my lights went out. I was on my laptop, I think, because I remember a glow from the laptop window as the batteries took over. And... um here this awful accident had happened and the car caught on fire and a man, a civilian was killed in the accident. Just a terrible story. Um, my husband and I are both ham radio operators and so we have little handheld units that we tuned right away when the house electricity went out. We tuned right away to the, uh, to the proper frequency. And so we were able to follow it along while we were in the dark. Well, it wasn't just us in the dark. It was several thousand people in the dark. It was the east end of Williamsport was in the dark. So several thousand people said, what the, hey. Um, and I had my cell phone and I had my scanner, my portable scanner, both on b battery operation. And I was able to post what was happening uh, during this blackout, right, and um, keep everybody informed. That's amazing. And that was a turning point because people wanted to know. They they had lost electricity. It wasn't a storm or anything. Lost electricity. Some of them had heard a terrible crash, right? Um, just a ton of EMS vehicles, ambulances, and, and, you know, state police came in to investigate and stuff. And one of the major streets in our area, 3rd Street, was closed. And uh, so a lot was going on. Uh, I think it was a Sunday night. It was a weekend night. And, um, and so there was no, you know, no newspaper coverage, there, you know, in real time, of course. There was no um, radio coverage at that, at that night. There's not going to be any live radio coverage. And so we were it. Um, of course, uh, the eventually the TV stations would, you know, come and get a 30-second blurb, you know, or whatever. But uh, we had the information. And so that was a turning point. We, we saw from the feedback from the, 
from the people that's, that uh, interacted with us on Facebook about this, we saw, ah, this is what people want. And so we started live blogging the news uh, during daylight hours as much as we could. Um, not medical calls, uh, simply uh, accidents, fire calls uh, in our area. And that has had a tremendous response. We have over 31,000 local Facebook followers. I see that. That is just amazing. Our county only has 110,000 adults, you know, maybe 130,000 if you count uh, children. But um, so we're reaching one in four, one in five people in the region. Uh, and, and we hear it now all the time. I follow you on Facebook. Uh, we hear from people who say, before the girls and I leave the office to, to drive home, we check the Facebook. And we call out, is anything, are any roads closed? And somebody checks <laughs> North Central PA. Uh, we have a couple of main highways in our area, Route 15, Route 180, Route 80. And especially when they close, people want to know. And they should know. They should know. Uh, and so we bring that. That's our value. That's our main value that we bring to people. So you have found a niche with this. This niche was something that you were able to exploit. We stumbled onto energy frankly. because you have a limited oh, amount of absolutely. energy. Being chronically ill like absolutely. you are, one of the things that you are able to do is listen to the scanner. And you're doing this when you say we. You're talking also about your husband, yes. Lou Kolb. Yes. Now Lou Kolb is a local um, communications expert as well. He was a member of the staff over at was it WREK? A uh, Kiss FM. Kiss FM. I'm sorry. That's all right. At Kiss FM, and that was a clear channel? Yes. Okay, I got that one right. Yes. <laughs> but um, he has since then retired, and now he's at home with you. And the both of you are still, because you're communications fanatics, not just experts, you're still listening to the scanner. And yeah. being able to be a mobile journalist, because mm -hmm. that's basically what you are yeah. when you're working with your cell phone and your laptop on mobile batteries Very portable. and your scanners. Yep. You also have a car that you're able to hop into yep. when you can and take a take a little road trip and Absolutely. go cover the news. I have seen you out and about covering news and events. But now, since you have become so incredibly popular are you having people bring news to you now and getting oh, yes. more? News Tell me tips. a little bit about that. Um, it's, it's very interesting. A, a, a couple of things to share about that. Um, people want to, want to say, uh, this is happening in my neighborhood. What do you know about it? Well, we can't actually monitor the state police. They are digitally encrypted, Ooh. which I, I think... Uh, should should not be right. Um, the state lost hundreds of millions of dollars trying to deploy this um, radio system that uses encryption, and it never got to the amount of coverage that they were expecting. And so they are going to retire it and go to another system, another encrypted system. Well, probably we don't know. They don't really. Um, and gov and not to mention it was a three or four hundred million dollar project, right? And our state budget. Um, think about that. That's money out of each state resident's pocket for a radio system that was encrypted that didn't work correctly. I mean, it, it's a fiasco. Um, 
the state police may say, well, you know, a burglar could listen to the scanner. I don't think that happens much. I really don't. Um, most policemen now have cell phones and some of them have iPads. Um, if there is a secret operation going down, text message, um, let them go to encrypted. But if it is regular every day, hey, there's an accident over here on Route 654, I think that should be in the clear. Yes. I truly do. I feel strong about that. This is our tax money. They are public servants paid with public tax money. In the very least, they should they should pick out a number of journalists in the area and say, here's the key so that you can, on a $500 scanner which not everybody's going to buy, but you can, you can enter in the key so that you can listen to our open communicate. It, it will be open for you. Um, and then obviously if the, uh, if the reporter were to report things that shouldn't be said, then, then have a discussion about that. Um, but as it is, we can't monitor the PA state police. Um, so people can ask, oh, what's going on down out, out on my country road? I'm sorry, I don't know. It could be a really big deal. I won't know for days. We do get uh, faxes from the state police days after the event, which a news release, and we do publish them, and they are popular. Um, And now, this year, we've started going to the district magistrate's office to report on charges actually filed. And that um, we're very uh, happy about that. Amazing. Sorry, I'm actually looking through your Facebook page <laughs> at some of the information that you've been posting. You, so what you have basically created here is exactly what you had wanted from the beginning. From the newspaper. It's what I wanted from the paper of record in our community, and it's what I expected. A dialogue with community members. A community uh, online newspaper. Now, interestingly, and I, I wish our local paper had done this. They're making money. I'm not. So they are the better business people. However, our community suffers. Now, interestingly, and I have no idea why, they've put up billboards in the past year. Have you seen them? Big, big, bright, <laughs> red, two, very two-dimensional. Uh, n- no design that I could uh, decipher in them that said, we are your community newspaper, we are, we hear you and we are listening to you. I don't know what those billboards meant. I don't know if it had anything to do with North Central PA. They may, for all I know, they may, the whole chain of 50 or whatever newspapers may be running those billboards in their area. I don't know. But I don't know what the billboards meant here. We're your community newspaper. Mm. Well, community newspapers have a tradition of competitive nature. <laughs> you know that. Their I mean, phrase community is different than my understanding right, of it. Right. When yeah. I was a reporter in that Florida. That felt like a marketing <laughs> statement to me. Well, there was there was actually a couple of those that I do remember coming out. Uh, when I was a reporter in Florida, I um, my husband was also a reporter. This was something... Um, that wasn't an accident. We met on the college newspaper. And then when we both, uh, you know, where we finished with college and looking for jobs, we um, were looking at our local newspapers. However, because we lived in Florida in a large area, there were two conflicts that we came into um 
connection with. What happened is there was a non-compete clause sure. that is written into certain newspapers. So whereas the large St. Pete, you know, Times will not let the Tampa Tribune, you know, you if your spouse is a reporter with also. One. You cannot get a job with the St. Pete Times if your spouse works with the Tampa Tribune. Now, then the other problem is the the whole idea of not a nepotism. The nepotism sure. clause kicks sure. in. So if you're working for the St. Pete Times, your spouse cannot work for the St. Pete Times. So <laughs> Nor I, can they work for the right. competition. <laughs> and, and when my husband, he finished school first, I, I encouraged him and helped him, you know, I said, look, Go get a job. You're, you're yeah. a reporter at the Clearwater Sun. Got a job as a sports reporter at the Clearwater Sun. And then he bopped around from the Clearwater Sun to the St. Pete Times to the Tampa Tribune. Um, and because his presence on those papers, I was not able to work on large <laughs> newspapers. I had to go work for the smaller newspapers because, honestly, we're talking about 30 years ago. Women. The man was making yep. more money. Yep. It was economically feasible to us because we had two small babies to feed and diapers yep. and formula and mortgage payment. You know, uh, he became the reporter that made the money. I went to work for a small community newspaper, and I really worked. Because let me tell you, when you're a reporter, <laughs> when you're the only reporter for a community newspaper... I was pumping out like 20 stories a week. And these would be in uh, religion, news, entertainment, and sports. Fishing. Fishing. Yeah. I, was, I was a fishing writer right. at one point, and then I was a bowling writer at yeah. another point. But, I'm, <laughs> but the point is, I was covering everything on a community newspaper, and then the St. Pete Times would swoop in, and the reporter would rewrite my stories. Oh. She'd be making like twice as much money as yes. me, you know. My so you know, there's this whole nature of competitiveness. Like, lock it down. Absolutely. Who's got the scoop? Yeah, you know. And it was so important to me as to be hardworking and always get that scoop. <laughs> when you started this newspaper, um, this was this was not looked upon well by the community newspaper of record here. Um, I I actually found out later that they had a meeting to talk about me and my. Um, ability to partner with them on future projects because I had a great relationship with them. Yeah. I had worked for them, but the moment I started working for you, yeah. I became the competitor, and um, I, I have not enjoyed that wonderful yeah, relationship. So, that. so local newspaper, if you're listening, uh, you know, let it go, <laughs> let it go. I let it go. I never realized that I was stepping on your toes. I'm sorry. Our um, local newspaper is down. Competition's they're, healthy. Their numbers as of 2016 were 19,000 daily subscribers. Now, that's two years ago. 19,000 daily subscribers. Um, that's a pretty sad number. Yeah, um, what, are, what does the future hold? You know, and I wish them, I wish them well. But they have such constraints. They have paper costs, which we don't have. They have printing press repair costs, which I can't imagine what some of those parts have to cost, especially now that they're getting rare. Um, they have to be talent, specially made. Uh, pressman talent to keep the machine running every day, uh, or you're dead. Um, the, the amount of people you need, the amount of time you need to put out a story, whereas um, I pay a couple hundred bucks a month to have my newspaper hosted. And then we put a story in and boom, it's live. And we're done. 
uh, and then the community takes it and, and makes comments, and I curate the heck out of those comments. Um, you know, we interact with those. We'll, we'll, um, somebody will say, oh, well, you have this wrong, and, and we'll correct it. I'm right. very concerned about accuracy. And we interact with the people. Um, well, this is important. When I first started working with you in 2009, you had a you had such an interest in the citizen journalist. That was your ambition. I remember you saying we need to mobilize the people in this community to take ownership of their news and contribute to us. Understand that, you know, it's their news and they're just, you know, sending it to us so that we can share. It they with the rest know of things the that we don't. Right. So the community citizen journalist is still an important factor. In Very your- important. And, uh, for instance, w- people can enter uh, events in on our calendar, and all I have to do is approve it. There's a button I push, approve, 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 approve. You know, and if it's from a source I, I trust, it's a no-brainer. If it's from a source I don't know, I just read it and make sure that it's accurate. Maybe go online and confirm that I can find it posted uh you know, on, on the sources website and things like that. But um, uh, they need a platform that they don't have to pay money to post. It These nonprofits don't have money. Right. They have heart. Actually, you know, here's a, here is a perfect example of what you're talking about. I am a member of a nonprofit organization. I've been a member of this nonprofit organization since I moved here in 96. And they're having an event tomorrow on Saturday. Um when they asked about publicizing this event, how do we get this information out? One of the things that we did was we sent the information to you, of course, and it was right up on the website immediately, the entire story, the articles. Um, we pictures, shared pictures, beautiful the, pictures, right? Yes, we do beautiful gorgeous. pictures. And shared with all of Full your 1,000 followers on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We sent the same information to the local newspaper. And um, in addition... One of the members of the organization insisted that we pay for two ads, two ads in this paper. Um, And then I contacted them and I said, you know, I haven't seen the article. It ran as a brief, a brief, which is less than one paragraph. It ran as a brief. And I understand that there's a, you know, a limit to how much paper and, you know, an organization can put out there. You know, but this is an interesting story. You know, it's an interesting article. You had a I good had a picture. Artwork, and I had an, a, an interesting angle with this. But, and I even sent um, And a you gave them email. money. I gave them money. You gave them twice, money. Two different ads, twice. And it wasn't used. The information was only one paragraph. And because, you wrote it for because them. Because there is a disparity. Right. And I, I need to be honest and fair about how a newspaper operates. There is a disparity between the news sure. and the advertisement sure. department. And, you know, the idea is that the ads should never drive the news. Right. But this is not a breaking news story. Yeah. This You're, is just This is not a political issue. No, or, it's not. It's just yeah. an announcement. You know, it's an annual spring event that we have yes. every year. And, you know, we, we have it at the local museum. So come on out and have a great time. And, you know. And maybe they just didn't have space that day. They, they don't. You know, they because don't have they, the space. they know every, every day how many pages they're going to run. Right. And, you know, there are limitations. And sure. And, but it didn't and remember, go in their they're making money, Here's the difference, and I'm though. not. So they're obviously smarter than I am. Well, I, as far as business, dar, uh, dar. <laughs> so, but so I, anyway. But here's the the other thing is that when you don't have paper space, 
just like North Central PA, they have unlimited bandwidth on their internet site. Sure, sure. It's not even on their website. Yeah. So why is that? Why do community profit margins? Uh, uh, businesses have to make a certain profit every year, um, and if they don't, then then they're going to cut talent, personnel, paper quality, etc. And and that's that's the reality of 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 a mature business, which right. newspapers are uh, mature. Um, my online newspaper is not a mature business. You could say we're still in the investment phase. In that, I don't. I I I may see a little profit this year, um, but many months have gone by when I didn't even wasn't even ta- able to take maybe a hundred dollars out for rent of my own office in my own house. I probably didn't do that even every month. Um, so it's very lean, um, but it's okay with me. Uh, I do pay uh, some of the writers, uh, and I do have hosting costs. Um, but we're growing this year, and I might be able to pay myself rent. That's my Amazing. goal this year. But I get such joy, such joy of what we're building. And I know, I have total belief that this is an equity, and it is a transfer, transferable equity. Uh, if I die tomorrow, or even today, hey, good day, um, someone's going to pick up this ball and run with it. And that pleases me. Um, I haven't written in, in my will yet, but I intend to um, make an option that when I die, whoever picks it up, um, you know, hopefully someone that's that's writing for us now um, could pick it up at no cost and just give, you know, 10% of the profits each month to, you know, whatever, United Churches or Yoke Fellow or, you know, some, some community organization. Um, and that's how they could buy it. Can you imagine? I would be wonderful. Um, so I estimate currently NorthCentralPA.com is probably worth around $250,000 as far as equity. Um, any way you look at it, um, the 31,000 Facebook followers, um, they've got to be worth about 10 bucks each. Uh, so... Uh, so anyway, that's what I, and we're just getting better and you are, I noticed we just keep working at it with the same verb that we started from you. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your newsletter that goes out. That's also part of your equity. You have this email list that you've been able to convert and you're not just saying, Hey, come to me and come look over here. And when you log on to Facebook, you're actually putting the news into people's hands with a newsletter. Very good point. We have to reach people where they are and what they're comfortable with. And some people are comfortable with email. They want to get an email and be able to sit down on their deck and drink their coffee. And so our email goes out every morning about 6, 10 a.m. Yes. And it has the top couple of stories from each of our categories and beautiful images and, um, the weather report is automatic. If there's a weather watch, that's up there. Um, there's also um, a couple of events listed. And it's this is all done automatically as part of our newspaper platform. Yes, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Is, is this also available on the Kindle? Not yet. Not yet. And that was one of the and things. And that's because uh, Amazon doesn't have a way to do it yet for yes, small but, publishers. But it will. Now, I remember also when we uh, first started hanging out together, you know, on a regular basis, 2008, 2009, 
You introduced me to the idea of the Kindle and then eventually the iPad. I remember the excitement you had. Oh, in, it's still amazing the devices. I, I love my iPad and I carry it with me all the time. It's, it's my go-to. I love it. But I also love books. When we first started hanging out and talking about the Kindle, we were able to um, share books and talk about books that we were reading. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing now with your mobile devices and what kind of books you're reading on them or, or listening. Tell me about yeah, audio books I, I do both. Um, my husband is blind and so uh, totally blind. So he uses list, reading books a lot through the National Li Library uh, for the Blind. Um, but I, I have an Audible account, and I often listen to probably a half an hour a day when I'm getting ready to nap and when I'm getting ready for bed. Um, and I have been, through the past maybe five years, reading through Will and Ariel Durant's uh -huh. History of the World um, these folks, it was their life's work to write the world history. And I don't know, I'd have to look up how many, how many books it is, probably a dozen books. And each book is huge. Um, and so I'm up to the French Revolution, Rousseau, uh, the French philosophers and all, and, and this is almost a life's work to read it. And I'm doing doing it through Audible, and I love it. Uh, they talk about art and history and literature, politics, war of each geographic session and and time in history of of world civilization. It what a is great awesome. idea! That is an excellent idea. I the last audio book I listened to was After the Prophet. Have you heard about this? Book? No. Oh my goodness! This book was recommended to me by my son. Um, and I, I, I'm looking for it on my Kindle right now. But after the prophet, um, this, we're talking about Muhammad mm -hmm. because my son has a, a, of course, my son has an interest in all things Middle East. Middle um, East, yeah. And he spends quite a bit of his time there. <laughs> but he recommended that I pick up this book called After the Prophet by, um, let's see here. I, I just lost it. And it, it was just an amazing book to listen to because the author of the book read it, read it aloud. And her voice was just amazing. It is by Leslie Hazelton, After the Prophet. So who's reading the books that Will and Ariel Durant read? They, they change. Their books are so big that they uh, alternate some readers. Oh, that's good. Cool. Uh, probably based on availability, but also... Um, like the book I'm reading now has a lot of French in it and then a little bit of German, you know, when they talk about the poetry, poetry needs to be read in the language it was written. Yeah, yeah. And so these poor readers have to struggle through Goethe's poems, <laughs> you know, and poetry in guttural German is not a beautiful thing. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> so any word, even butterfly, <laughs> lovely words in English sound horrific in German. We know this. There have been lovely videos made about this. So probably some of the readers do better with French and some some with Italian. It, the books for the Renaissance, you know, and stuff were beautiful, but it was this Italian poetry, which was so lyric and beautiful, you know. And so it probably has something to do with the linguistic abilities of the readers. Do you read mainly on your iPad or Kindle, or do you like to read without regular book now? I, uh, I read um, the Audible books from the iPad. Yes. 
And then I read a lot of books on the Kindle. I'm reading Kay Graham's uh, autobiography. She was a, a Kay Graham from the Washington Post. Okay. And just a just a wonderful book about a woman in publishing uh, and her responsibilities. Of course, that was in the 70s. It was very, gender difference was very different then. And, but about her concerns as a publisher and, and her life. Um, and also Gloria Steinem's uh, book about travel. Uh, I'm reading on that. And it's just a joy to read. And it makes you want to hit the road and, and take a road trip. But then I also buy a few print books. I try not to. But I'll, I'll get a few print books to take outside and read in the summertime. And uh, print books, you know, you can get them for like $4 on Amazon, you know, used right. print books for $4. And if it's something that you're really interested in, it's such a bargain uh, to be able to spend $4 for something that cost $20 when it was new. And uh, to be able to just leave it in the outdoor uh, box. The new library box, the lending the lending box you're talking about. No. Or no, at your house. At the house, outdoor. Oh, okay. I'll leave it outdoor. There's a little waterproof box. Gotcha. And I'll leave, you know, that we keep a couple of other things in. And I'll leave it out there. And it's just there. Okay. So I tend to read books based on where I physically am. <laughs> I, I completely understand that. You're here in my office. So you mm-hmm. see that I've got a whole lot of different books scattered Beautiful around. Beautiful bookcases. Yes. Yes. My husband is a great carpenter mm-hmm. and he has they, built me quite a few bookcases and they i bet they're heavy they are they are the books. they're loaded mm-hmm. but um for the longest time i was just i was so fascinated with the kindle and the ipad and i still do read like right now i'm reading a book called the volun tourist by ken bud and um he is a writer who, who has actually written for the national geographic but also other publications and he talks about time he spent volunteering in different countries oh, cool. and in how he's um figuring out life after the death of his father and that's what yes. led him to become a volunteerist mm-hmm. so he's touring all these countries and that's pretty fascinating but i also have like a mixture of like a lot of fiction i find that i mainly read fiction on my ipad huh. but when i'm here in my office i will pick up a you know nonfiction book read like the power of habit i have a Mm -hmm. lot of books on food and health because that's something that's become very important to me and and another thing that you started with me in 2013 podcast um, listeners she's pointing her finger at me yes because in 2013 you sent me this little hangout and you said hey let's do this green juice (laughs) diet i was actually looking through our notes yes just like a month ago because i wanted to find out when did i finally get fixated on i wanted to do it together and pay and and it it really it is a you. great idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. You know what? When you're ready, we could do the anti-inflammatory diet <laughs> next. <laughs> but when I'm here in my office, I like to read nonfiction. And then I joined the Book of the Month Club. Did you? I did. And I love getting a brand new nonfiction contemporary book. High quality. High quality. Well written. Well written because they've been vetted by all of these yes. different judges. And it. I mean, I know it's about $15 a month, but it's such a treat now, you know, of course, I'm hoping that, um, you know, our friends at Otto's Bookstore are not listening today. The fact that, you know, I do still go into Otto's and buy books. <laughs> yes, I do. But I also get my books online. I get my books from the Book of the Month Club. I'll get used books like you do from Amazon. For just dollars. Dollars. 
dollars. Like this power of habit right there, you can see it's all chewed up and it's got a piece of tape on it. I got that used on Amazon for like two dollars. Who cares? I know. I'm yeah, the it. shipping costs more than the book does. Well, not for us because we're Prime members. That's something you talked me into. Good. Yeah, Good. because you know, like you said, the free shipping. I did the uh, Kindle Unlimited for for about ten months, and just. It was beautiful. It was like a buffet, you know, because you can look all through the Kindle Unlimited and you can read them for free and you can have up to 10 books at a time. And I just went on a science fiction binge last year and I found some wonderful books, some wonderful artists, some wonderful writers. Hugh Howey. I love Hugh Howey. Oh, my gosh. And his Wool series. Oh, my gosh. And it's, you know, when you get a book, that you read about five pages in and you're calling out to your husband, Lou, Lou, you got to get this book. This is amazing. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing when you can share a, a well-written book. Uh, and then the great thing about Wool was it was just another chapter and another chapter and another booklet and another booklet and it went on and on. It was just fantastic. And so for a month or two, we would okay, where where are you in the uh, where did, was revolution? Did revolution happen? Oh no, no, wait a minute, did so and so die? Oh no, no, don't say that. You know, <laughs> it was just a really neat thing last summer to use Kindle Unlimited. I hated, I hated the idea of spending another ten dollars on it, but. but it was worth at the time. It was well worth it. And then I found yeah. that I had these ten books that I wasn't reading. Yeah. And then I turned off my my unlimited yeah. for them because I thought eh, I'm not using it right now. True. That's one of the problems. Well, we're winding down the show now. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I w- I, can, I can add a couple of things. If, sure. If I'd love to want. hear. It. Um, we're fi- we're expanding our news this this year, as I said, and we're finding out some very interesting things. Oh. That people like to read news about their neighbors, but not about themselves. They don't want to see themselves mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take that down. And so we're, <laughs> exactly, so we're getting, uh, like never before, we're getting a couple of emails, a couple of uh, messages that say, I was there at that crime scene, and that wasn't ha- what happened at all. Ooh. And so, interestingly, since we have photos of the reports, that's what we do when we go in to get the district magistrate reports. We just take photos of them and then go home and write the stories. I say, you know, I, I happen to have, a, which is available to the public anyway, but I, uh, if you walk into the district magistrate office, you can look up any of these records. Uh, but I happen to have a photo of that on Google Photos. If you give me your email address, I will gladly share the report with you. And if you think we've misrepresented anything... You know, and I also point out, this is why we say allegedly, and police report this. Right. You know, according to the police, this is what happened. And um, so far, after we've presented those records, we haven't had any uh, pushback. But um, it is getting interesting as we publish more news. Right. Well, there's always more than one side to a story. Absolutely. And I remind our writers on just... I just yeah. wrote to a new one last night. I said, now remember, as you look at these reports, innocent until proven guilty. Right. We were not at the scene. Police are reporting this to us. You know, just remember. And Wonderful. And you said you had a, a, something else to add. Oh, yes. This, it sounds so great. You know, um, I imagine it sounds so great, uh, what we're doing and stuff. But I, I want to point out that it is our limitations that have brought us here. So 
I can sit on my sofa at home and listen to a scanner, which my mom always had a scanner going on in her kitchen. Um, and of course with ham radio. So I've listened to scanners for 30 years and my husband has listened to radios and scanners for longer than that because he's older than I am. So I can sit on my comfortable sofa at home and maybe read, maybe play a video game, maybe work a little bit on North Central PA and listen to my scanner and not feel well, not be well, but I can do that. And then when an accident happens, I can report it, you know, immediately. I can even do that when I'm sick. And it gives me such a feeling of purpose, yeah. right? Because a chronically ill person will often feel like I'm too sick to accomplish anything. And yet a perfectly well person would not sit on the sofa and wait for an accident in order to post it. And maybe today there are no accidents. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And some days there aren't any news stories. And that's fine. We don't have X amount of pages to fill on this day. And Y amount of pages to fill tomorrow. We don't have to fill paper. We only report the news when it happens. And if there's not news, we don't have to make filling for it. Right. So uh, being chronically ill has actually helped this be created and, and move forward. However, if I were not ill, there's no way I would do it. Right. Well, that's profound. Thank you so Just much. Just the way Kathy. it is, but it, it boggles the mind, doesn't it? Yes. If I were healthy, I'd have had two kids and the soccer and all that other stuff. And North Central PA. And Probably 31,000 followers on Facebook would be looking at cat videos. Yeah. Or a burning T-Rex. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the show and that it motivates you to learn more about the local news in your community and to share it with your family and your friends. Kathy wants to make sure that community news is easy to access, but also that it will always be preserved. As traditional newspapers struggle to create new identities and to survive in the Internet age, they can learn much from the guru, Kathy. She studies the analytics behind the curtain, so she knows what drives people to read and to share and to respond to online news content. None of this mattered, though, when she shared her first scanner report. That she did out of common courtesy to her readers. People were in the dark, literally, because the power was out, and they were frightened about a high-speed chase between a police officer and a criminal. The tragedy that ensued that night is not easily forgotten, and it shouldn't be. A person died as a result. That Kathy was able to share news in real time was an amazing hat trick, but it was also a gesture of generosity. She takes her role as a newspaper publisher seriously, and she loves her hometown. Despite illness and fatigue that comes with it, she devotes herself and her personal income to making sure that people can have local news. You can find Kathy's news site at northcentralpa.com. And you can find me online at robinvanauken.com. While you're on my site, download my novel, West Wind. It's free. 
And speaking of free, I've got half a dozen free resources for writers and other creatives. So sign up today. Check out the episode and the show notes at robinvanauken.com session 18. Thank you so much. And if you haven't done so, please hit that subscribe button on your device. Until next time, goodbye.